Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. You know, we are trying to cover so many topics in this podcast that you never seem to run out. You never seem to run out. Yesterday, we had another school shooting in California, and this breaks my heart when I see this Someone could be that angry, that upset. Who knows about what? I don't think that we've determined, well, he's in critical condition right now, and I'm sure they're going to get a chance to speak with this young man. But the bottom line is, as I've said it before, they walk amongst us. You know... They made the statement. They made the statement right after, you know, they got this kid and they started to clean up the mess. They make the statement that he always seemed like a troubled kid. And it's troublesome to me that it takes a shooting for somebody to say he seemed like a troubled kid. Why can't they get to these kids before? they decide to take out their anger on a group of innocent people. And truthfully, it's something that we almost see it today as commonplace. A school shooting. Another school shooting. Something goes wrong in a church or in a movie theater. And we really get ourselves almost numb to it And my fear is that we start to view it as the new normal. And we have to start to really addressing the victims of bullying. I'm sure this kid was bullied. I know that he was a strange kid for who knows what reasons. They shared that in the news. But the bottom line is somebody needed to get to him before he decided to act. And it's the trauma-informed classroom. 
we have to be able to see and recognize the symptoms of someone who has the potential to hurt others. And I don't care about political correctness. I don't care, you know, if we start to question certain kids based upon their demeanor or their look or whatever the case may be. Because what we're doing is is we are trying to save the lives of others. There's no question that this stuff goes on and it happens because these kids are troubled. And if you, if you don't have the resources to recognize these troubled kids, well then, you better get some. You better get some. And I wanted to talk to you today about something that has, and I've written an article about how we address adults. You know, you've heard the the uh, or you've heard the podcast on Mr. Mrs. and Ms. How we handle uh, how kids address adults. Respect is something that we have to pull teeth to get. You know, if your if your child is upstairs and you call for them and you hear yeah, that's something that needs to be corrected because that's where it starts. They need to say, yes, mom, yes, dad, whatever the case may be. Kids today do not have the respect that they had years ago for adults. And we have to begin to take a look at this. I'm a baby boomer. I'll admit it. I'm old school, but there is nothing wrong with kids addressing adults in a respectful manner. I had my daughter the other day say to me, you know, how come dad can do such and such and I can't? My answer to her was, was because you're nine. You're nine years old. And in every system, there's a pecking order. And I spoke about that several times. If you're younger, you have to really understand that at a dinner table or in a group, you just at that point don't have as much to say, strictly because of your age. And that's where respect comes from. When kids understand just how old they actually are and where they fit in to a family or to any system, to a school, to a church, whatever the case may be. Now I'm going to give you a story that I want you to really listen to and understand. It was an incident that occurred between me and my dad when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And I want you to realize how he handled it. And I will admit, sometimes he went, you know, he started to really, when he got upset with you, he wouldn't let go of it. And he would keep hammering away on and on and on, you know, and so on. The bottom line, the bottom line with all this 
is he wanted to make sure that you understood it. He wanted to make sure that there was an understanding of what you did wrong and what you need to do to get it right. Because he wasn't going to put up with it. He wasn't putting up with it. And guess what? No adult should. No adult should put up with this. What I did. And I'm going to share this story with you. Now, my parents owned a bar. And from the time I can remember, which was probably I was about four or five years old, I spent time sitting on a bar stool. Most kids were out playing with their friends or some toys or they, you know, they, they were uh, looking for ways to entertain themselves. I was always talking to strangers and playing with beer boxes. Now, it did have its advantages. You know, we had our own business. And as I got older, I had a built-in job and I really learned how to speak with adults. And in my instance, I always had to agree with them because you didn't want my father to lose a customer. Always polite, always considerate, never giving anyone a hard time. But of course, I learned how to curse like a sailor at a very young age and got a taste of beer when I was about eight or nine years old. Now, this place had characters that were both humorous and sad at the same time. And I always thought that it was normal for a guy to spend four or five hours drinking at the end of a workday before they went home. And many times, as, you know, as I grew older and I became more entrenched in this business, I would drive some guy home who was too drunk to drive. And when I got him home, I found out why he spent that amount of time in the bar after work. Because his wife was less than happy to see him when he got there. Not because he was drunk, but strictly because he didn't like the, she didn't like the guy that she was married to. Now, one of the things that I enjoyed as a kid was the fact that there was always cash around. And I would ask my dad for a dime or a quarter, and he would either reach into his pocket or into the till and hand it over. Well, one warm summer evening around 5 o'clock, I asked my dad for a quarter. And to my surprise, he said no. I asked him again, and he said no. And then I finally said, come on, Dad, please. But he wouldn't give in. And I got about as mad as a 10 or 11-year-old could get, walked out, and I, as I'm walking out of the bar, I passed four customers sitting at the bend in the bar right by the door. And as I walked out, I said, cheap. Now, as soon as I said this, I knew I was in trouble. And I had a, you know, at that point, I'm trying to think of words that sounded like cheap that I could use to try and convince him that he just heard wrong. 
Then I had to find a way to get back in without him seeing me. And there was only one way in, and that was through the bar. Well, I rode my bike for a while, and then I decided to try and get past his blockade. When I got back to the bar, the bar was closed. The bar that was open, 365 day, 364 days a year, we were closed on Christmas, was closed. He locked the door and made me knock to get in. I knocked on the door and he opened it. I asked him to hold the door open so I could bring in my bike. And he stood there and he grabbed me by the arm and said to me, what did you say on the way out of here? My father was great at asking questions that he had the answer to. He knew what the answer was. And I told him, I said, cheap. Well, the grip on my arm got a little tighter, and he said to me, after all the nickels, dimes, and quarters I've given you, you call me cheap? I said, sorry, Dad. He then loosened his grip and told me to go upstairs. We lived over the bar. My dad took a break around 7 o'clock for dinner and took a nap until around 9. That's when he went back downstairs to work. At around 8.30 in the evening, I learned the biggest lesson of my life. He called me into his bedroom and sat me down. And he said to me, Do you know why I locked the door to the bar after you left? And I said, no. He said to me, after you left the bar, the four guys who heard what you said started talking about you and what an ungrateful and selfish kid you were. And I couldn't take it. And I had to put him out. I, he just got sick of hearing them talk like this about me, his son. You see, that, that was, my father put those guys out in defense of me. And because he felt the ache in his heart that he couldn't bear. My dad used my own stupidity as a time to teach me that I can't say anything I want. And he wanted me to understand that whether or not I think anybody else hears my comments doesn't matter. Somebody hears and starts to develop a perception of you, me, as a person. I never forgot this lesson. See, I, when I left, I thought those guys would ride my dad on what a cheapskate they thought he was. Because he wouldn't give me a quarter. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. But this is the respect that adults commanded 40 or 50 years ago. And kids did not have the right to argue with their parents. Kids did not have the right to say, yeah, 
didn't have the right to refuse a command, didn't have the right to do things that they wanted to do and then whine when they didn't get what they wanted. As I look at this story, all I can think of is the way kids speak to their parents today at a younger age than I was when I called my dad cheap. Now, kids don't just wake up one day and decide that they're going to be rude and discourteous to their parents. And it's happened so slowly in our culture that it's almost unrecognizable at first. But now we ask, what are we going to do with these kids? You see, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The little compromises that we make day after day that really, that really make the difference. When we put up with that screaming kid upstairs saying, yeah, or we put up with the arguing, or we try to justify our behavior, or we try to reason with a six or a seven-year-old, that's the small compromises that we make that caused this problem, has caused this problem to expand beyond measure. And right now, we don't know what to do with some of these kids. Bullying, disrespect, irresponsibility, non-compliance, rude, discourteous behavior has been left to grow into this monster that we have to do something about. We have to dismantle the Frankenstein monster. Because if we don't, the next 20 or so years, these children who were kids 20 years ago are now adults. They are adults. And they're rude and discourteous. And the intergenerational tendency just keeps going on and on. And by osmosis, it almost gets passed on to the next generation. And we have to make, we have to do something now. And it starts with the small stuff. And we have to put in place consequences that make a difference. Kids go into school each day with these attitudes, and the teachers have to deal with it. And they're starting to see it as the new normal. It has to stop. We just had a school shooting in California. How do you think that 15-year-old boy treated his parents or others? Did he ignore them? Did he say, I'm done talking? Did he say, I don't want to talk to you anymore? Was he rude and discourteous? Probably. And he was left to himself and he got away with it. And before you know it, the anger and the rage just grew. I called my father cheap in front of his customers when truly he wasn't cheap. He was generous to a fault. But you know what happened? I ended up feeling cheap and deservingly so. Because when he was done with me, I felt small, 
I felt embarrassed. And believe it or not, I had a healthy fear of my dad. Which is where kids need to be. The fear, not of punishment, not of of uh, being uh, physically struck or hit or anything else. A fear of disappointment. That you did something that he never would have expected. And he felt the ache in his heart because he was so disappointed in his son that he had to close a bar that he never closed but once a year. Let me ask you something. Even though it doesn't take a lot to sit down with the kid and talk to him today the way my dad did, who does it today? And does anybody take the time anymore to really instruct their children on the qualities of respect? And do they take the time to encourage responsibility? And do they have the right consequences to foster compliance? And do they have the right attitude And are they doing what they're told, when they're told to do it, with that right attitude? Something to think about, folks. Something to consider. As you move forward either with your own children or with kids in your your classroom. Don't take the small stuff. Don't take the small stuff. Discipline the small stuff so you don't have to deal with the big stuff later on down the road. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101, and I thank you for being my listeners. Please go to my website, www.bullyproofclassroom.com. There's a host of things there that you can purchase. I leave the link right on the episode description. Also, if you get to the website or right in the episode description, please donate. I am just letting you know that these podcasts do take time to produce. They are time-consuming. They are, um, in terms of uh, content, I work hard to develop it. And I really want to keep this thing moving because I think it is worthwhile for folks to hear what I have to say. Take the time. Take a look at the website. Plenty of products there. Donate if you can. A dollar, two dollars, whatever it takes. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Today is November 15th, 2019. You know, it's a beautiful day outside. I'm going to get ready and go blow leaves a little bit to clean up my yard. But I want everyone to know, as beautiful as it is outside today, we all carry our own weather around with us. My name again is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.